Welcome back to Safe Talk with Safe Start. I am Tim Page Bonner, your host, and our guest today is a former customer turned fellow Safe Start consultant. We have Mr. Jim Vernon. Jim, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Tim. It's a pleasure and honor to be here with you and the audience today. Uh, you know, I do appreciate getting the invite and look forward to our time together with our listeners. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Jim, I, I remember you, but uh, you spent the majority of your career, your career with Procter & Gamble up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, mm -hmm. uh, but now you're residing in Florida. So for our listeners, he's retired and it didn't take him long to trade in the cold of Green Bay, Wisconsin for the warmth of the Sunshine State. Jim, my first question is how many cheese heads do you own? Oh, yeah. well, that's kind of funny, Tim. And I, I gotta, I gotta say that your memory is 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 spot on. Because, uh, yeah, believe it or not, uh, uh, to your question, I've got a several cheese heads and actually wear them, much like you see on uh, on TV on game days. And hey, let me point out though, I was just talking about those game days. I know you're a big cowboy guy, but I'd like to point out that this part of the season, my cowboys are off to a better start than your cowboys. Yeah, your Cowboys? You mean your uh, Oh, my anyway. Packers. Hold on. That's my Packers. <laughs> they they could be your Cowboys me. too. It's okay. Yeah. Focus, Jim. It will take several podcasts to cover my frustrations about them Cowboys. But I digress. I digress. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I remember being up there in the middle of winter and, and I, I specifically the Packers that, that weekend ended up losing to the Giants, and I think subsequently the Giants Ouch. went on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, not rubbing anything in, I just yeah. remember that, that the hotel that you guys put me up in, it was uh, all New York, Giants everywhere, and I couldn't get any sleep because everybody was screaming and partying, and anyways, I digress. So, <clears throat> Jim, there was a, there's always a moment when you realize the impact of human factors and what it has on safety, and for me, it happened way back in 2002 when I first met Larry Wilson at a conference here where I live in Mesa, Arizona. And I don't think you came about it that way, Jim. I think you were kind of forged in a crucible. What say you? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's an, actually a real good way to describe it, Tim. Uh, Procter & Gamble already had had several Safe Start implementations across the fleet of plants. Uh, and I was asked to be part of a train the trainer at the Green Bay site, which is where I was working. Now, Tim, as you probably recall, and you were my trainer, I was not an easy sell. Because first of all, I already had a lot of things on my plate at the time. And second, you know, that was probably later in my career, 27 years in at that time, I'd seen a lot of safety programs come and go over the years. So to say that I had some questions about Safe Start uh, that's a fair statement. <laughs> I recall you sitting, I mean, well, somewhat sitting in the back of the room and looking not too happy to be there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's funny, but that's accurate. Uh, you know, like I said, I was busy. I had a lot going on and, and here's the start of our implementation. And I, I made it clear, I guess, and you picked it up. I didn't want to be there, but I'm going to be honest with you. And by the afternoon, actually by lunch of that first day, I think I started what you might call the safe start turn. And I mean, let's not kid ourselves with your help. And you were an awesome instructor. But at the end of the day, it was really the content of safe start that was really the missing piece for us here in Green Bay and for me. 
So would it be fair to say that you weren't so much opposed to Safe Start? It's just that you needed some answers to your questions. Well, clearly. And I think by the end of the first day of the three days of the train the trainer I was in, there, there's no doubt. You guys call it drinking the Kool-Aid? Well, I spent the next two days gulping up Safe Start. hey i I think we're going to quote that that's the name of this podcast (laughs) gulping up safe start all right um i'd be interested in what were your biggest concerns going in and maybe your first aha moment sure i you know i I, it's i reflect on those often and it's been well it's gonna be nine years since i first heard the word safe start but i had a couple concerns on the front end of this corporate required training in fact it was being deployed you know by the uh the, the Cincinnati headquarters across the fleet. And, and I got to tell you that the Green Bay site, our culture was one at the time that was not overly receptive to these trainings that were deemed mandatory, top-down driven, if you will. And I described the site as slightly skeptical to such trainings, regardless of how that training was even marketed. Uh, all the employees at our site had already had a full schedule of ongoing training. So this was not new to us under the safety umbrellas. And this included everyone from the newest technician uh, up to the plant manager. So how could Safe Start simply be nothing else more than a slightly different flavor to our existing ice cream lineup, maybe? (laughs) I like the way you put that. Yeah. You know, another concern, and this is a little more personal, was just trying to figure out how to fit the work of becoming a Safe Start trainer for the site into my full work schedule. (laughs) And I recall my boss, uh, you know, a, a persuasive man, ensuring me that that's why I'd been hired, because of my ability to figure these kind of things out. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I do have to admit, I did have some intrigue to trying on Safe Start, as it was billed as this notion of a personal safety awareness process. And that had caused me really to think back on a couple of very impactful career moments that had left me kind of desiring to figure out what was missing in this continual pursuit of our site safety goals, which were built around the slogans of zero significant injuries and injury-free careers. I like the way you put that. I'm thinking about uh, just being on site and just witnessing your key performance indicators. And I think um, having to work with Procter & Gamble before your facility, just coming on site, you guys had a lot of things going on. And this adding to this could be definitely a concern because if you're adding more sprinkles to an ice cream, you might lose the flavors of what you intended for in the beginning. And Absolutely. I think your anal- your analogy was incredible. So I, I just, to me, Jim, I, I refer to Safe Start as kind of like a four by four by four technology. And I, I think you probably know what I'm talking about, but this is referring to the four states, the four errors, the four critical error reduction techniques. Many people refer to them as certs. Did that approach resonate with you as well? You know, I, I, I it did, Tim, and I, and I think, and that back then, it, 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 I thought to myself, this is a really efficient solution to what is a fairly complex problem, and that's human error. And there's nothing simple. Let's let's face it about human beings. And therefore, nothing simple about human error. So I think what Larry Wilson did with Safe Start was unlock a complex problem, which is human performance, with a very practical and a very efficient set of key states, errors, and of course, our certs, the critical error reduction techniques. I was thinking, 
in all the years that I've been associated with SafeStart, it has covered mistakes like accidents and performance errors. And we always often talk about it. You know, you don't necessarily always get hurt. It's just that sometimes you might lose some time and money. Um, so do me a favor. Just I'd have to agree with you. But before we start recording, you were telling me about this person named Haas. I think there are many important factors in that experience. Would you be willing to share that with our listeners? Sure, absolutely. And, and you know, Haas is a great story because he, he was a great friend. He was a great co-worker, uh, a great colleague, but uh, a very impactful one. And, and, and I'll kind of keep it condensed here, but I, I knew Haas well. And the reason why we called him Haas is, now this might be dating myself a bit, but the old Bonanza series where you had <laughs> yeah. a, a, a character named Haas who was a kind of a larger bulking man. I'm going to say Haas was actually about six foot six. Um, in a very dominating way, uh, but also, uh, I'd say, a gentleman. But he got his point and his points across just because how he was. But Haas worked in papermaking, which is where I started out at the Green Bay site. And he'd been there just over 30 years. And he was in the senior millwright uh, role. He'd worked himself up uh, through the ranks. And he was clearly a technical master, as I describe it. But he was also kind of one of those a strong voice amongst his coworkers uh, that that really people look to for interpretation of many many things of company policy and rules and how should how should folks think about you know certain things that the company was doing they all kind of looked to Haas to kind of translate that and uh, you know the, the the thing that I also remember about Haas is that he wore the bib overalls so as a as a millwright you know he wore the bib overalls and. Uh, I think you get the picture a little bit of this man. Uh, he, and I got to tell you, uh, just a side note, I bowled with Haas for many years in the, in the, uh, the work bowling league. Haas actually bowled in the bib overalls. I wished okay. I, I would have had a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you know what Haas did though is he'd hold court in his maintenance shops where he'd gather the colleagues to make sure they're all in the know. I mentioned that. And they, these folks put a high value on Haas. And and his influence on, on large groups of people was real big. And, and I kind of thought about Haas as kind of a, he was a guard of the old culture. And I, and I, and I say that in a way because we were move, trying to move the site culture in, in a direction, especially with safety, where less and less people were getting hurt. And they, and they understood why, when they did get hurt, what had happened. Um, but Haas would use the quote, you know, back in the day, and uh, and and he might suggest that he was open to change. But I often felt like sometimes when we were in the car, he wanted to put it in reverse. Mm. Um, you know, Haas, he, he was like I mentioned, he he felt strongly about safety, but it was on his terms. And he had a phrase that, uh, and I'm going to share it with you, Tim and and the and the audience that he called it thirty and thirty, and he used this phrase often. And, and I didn't know what it meant, you know, and, and finally one day I asked him, I said, Haas, 30 and 30, what's that really mean? And he said, Jim, I've had 30 injuries to myself in my 30-year career, and that equates to about one per year. I thought, wow, okay. And But he continued on and he said, hey, I'm a master millwright. I use tools. I use heavy equipment. I'm in a lot of awkward work positions. We've got a lot, a lot of tough uh, work conditions all of the time. So that 30 and 30 is my personal safety record. And 
that's like he said, it's the one per year. But then this is what he closed with, Tim. He said, you know, that's a pretty darn good record if you don't say. And man, I, I, that, that's when it hit me. That was one of those moments that Haas thought that this was a pretty good record. So you fast forward in 2012 when you joined our site for the kickoff of the, our implementation journey, uh, I let Haas know how much uh, I was looking forward to having him attend the Safe Start training. And <laughs> he told me, he said, well, Jim, you know, I'm going to be retiring in a, in a, a fairly short while, so I, I really won't be going because I don't have to and I don't want to. And he was one where, because of his influence, Tim, in the, in, the, in the plant site, I challenged him to give it a try. At least go to unit one training, and then let's talk afterward. And as I recall, Haas did go. I wasn't his trainer for unit one, but he went. I knew he'd attended, and I talked with his trainer who was there uh, given the class, and he said that Haas was somewhat quiet, which was not typical Haas. So I finally caught up with him about a week or so after the training in the shop. I said, hey, what do you think about the whole four by four by four uh, model of Safe Start? And here's what he said, and it stuck with me. He said, you know, Jim, it was interesting. I hadn't really thought about how much those state things could impact me or others. And then he continued with this. You know, I've got to talk about this with a teenage grandson because he's starting to drive and he needs to know this. Wow. You know, and that's when I knew. I knew, Tim, at that point that something resonated with Haas from the training because that wasn't a way that Haas typically responded after the company, you know, mandated trainings. And I saw him several weeks even after that discussion. Called me. He actually called me over. He then realized, and he, and he shared, and he said, Jim, I've been sharing this 30 and 30 slogan. And I thought it was a pretty good record. And, uh, you know, I, now that I, I, I've been through a little bit of safe start, I, I think that uh, I've got some work to do. And when he said that, yeah, it, it was a wow moment. I said, if, if Haas can get this, and internalize it as he did, the influence that he can have on others positively towards Safe Start, watch out. And, and, and that's what it was. I challenged him. I said, your career's coming to an end. What better legacy you could have by sharing your personal transformation about safety? Put it in your own words, Haas. And as a result of being introduced to Safe Start, go out there and become an advocate in your own unique way especially to those that aren't necessarily open about what Safe Start's all about. Use that personal connection. Share that story about your grandson. Oh. And actually, as I'm and to close this out, I'm him saying enthusiastically, absolutely, Jim, I need to do this. I want to do this with my coworkers and with a few more people outside of work. And that's a true story. That's awesome. That's, that's, it's a great testament to, to, you know, somebody being able to come into a classroom and have an open mind, number one, but also number two, the influence that they're able to share, because, you know, that person can never be ever identified as an influencer usually, but when they step up like that, they are typically labeled influencer and we should treat them with the same respect as anybody else that's come across, come around. Now you said you've seen a lot of programs, 
But if I remember right, pre-safe start, you guys were already doing well in terms of safety. You know, P&G's always put a tremendous value on safety from the day I started, uh, you know, as a, as a young graduate out of, out of school. And they've, they've always had goals and targets and, and strategies and action plans. Very thorough, very thorough. Uh, and, and all to really approach these, these goals that seemed like a long way out there. And I kind of recall that we typically anchored the site safety goals towards achieving a, a specific TIR. And uh, that for us was total incident rate. And somewhere as, and this was, of course, an, a continually indexed uh, metric down over the course of my career. But I recall near the time that we were starting implementation that our site TIR goal was 2.0 or less. That was the goal. Now, at the time, we were typically hovering between 3.0 and 4.0. So roughly twice of our goal was about half of where we were generally uh, working. And the unfortunate thing, though, even though that sounded like a very stretching goal, that really only kept us in the middle of the pack with our safety performance versus our other sister, uh, sister sites that we often benchmarked against within Procter & Gamble. You know, and it's I, I, I got to think back. It's it's kind of ironic, and, I, and these these memories come back so quick and so vivid. But it's ironic that we would have celebrations planned based on safety performance. Now this is pre safe start, Tim, mm -hmm. and it always seemed that we'd start the the planning for the upcoming celebration, and and it would get tripped up by someone getting hurt. And it really was, it was a, a, a job or a task that was fairly routine. And the common link or what was missing was a process to deal with that human error. We'd come out of the multi-cause with about seven items to fix perhaps unsafe conditions and rewrite some safety policies, but we did nothing about the human error factor. And that's really when, as I suggested, the light bulb came on about the power of safe start. I mean, you just mentioned a bunch of reasons why metrics start to change, but then get better pre or post safe start doesn't matter when, but also I don't think I've ever come across a facility where they've had a metric that measures the mind changing like it did for somebody like Haas. Absolutely. And that, that, uh, that was a great statement that you made both about him and pre safe start and the metrics that you've commonly used, but then coming across safe start, you had some other tools to add to your incident investigations, your, um, and you, you also mentioned human error, so that's good. Now, <clears throat> you used the terminology when you retired for PNG, but you didn't really retire, did you? You, you kind of kept, kept on working? It, well, it's, it's kind of funny, you know, I mean, I, I guess we all look forward to that thing called retirement, regardless of you know, when that occurs in one's life. And I was fortunate to work for a very, uh, an outstanding company for many years. And, uh, and I retired at the end of 2016. And when I retired, we, we, we were in Wisconsin. I'd been at the Green Bay site for just shy of 31 years. And uh, I easily transitioned into this phrase that I hear a lot of retirees say, uh, I'm living the dream, right? And so we actually relocated to Florida because of our dislike for winter. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I won't kid you, for me, I, I mean, the early years of retirement, I got into this new sport that I love called pickleball. Um, I still play some golf, not well, uh, and then some volunteer activities. And it was great. But something was missing in this living the dream chapter. And 
let me just kind of let me tell you about it because I, it it's it's unique I think but I was actually still unpacking some boxes that we had moved down and this is about two and a half years ago and I came across my safe start binders that I had gotten from when the training was uh, back in 2012 with you and and just like on day one with you when I, I suggest the light bulb went on this this passion got reignited for Safe Start when I pulled these binders out of these boxes. And, and I just felt like there, there's got to be more. There's got to be a way for me to get, jump back into this. Uh, and uh, I reached out and, and I kept reaching out until uh, eventually uh, you're, the organization said, yes, we'd like to talk to you and, and we'd like to you know have you consider going through our, our process to become a consultant. And here we are. It's two thousand, the end of two thousand twenty, and uh, I'm so so fortunate and so blessed to be part of an organization that has a service that does what it does with Safe Start. I'm glad you mentioned a couple of sports that I like. Um, you talked about golf, which I love to do. Uh, I love to play golf, but I'm not retired like you, so it's not like I can get out there and do as many times or do as many golf rounds as you do. Um, and then pickleball, which I just recently picked up because my dad plays it a lot. He's retired oh. as well, but he comes to Arizona once a year and he spends three or four months and he wants to play pickleball. It's like I've never heard of it before. Yeah. I actually really enjoy that. So thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, it is a sport that certainly uh, unfortunately gets turned on in the later years of our life. Maybe not, you know, but uh, I'd like to see it picked up uh, by the teenagers and, and it's, it's a great sport. So yeah, had, had I known you. about it, had I known about it earlier, I think I would have played a lot earlier. Because Absolutely. I, I went down the rabbit hole of YouTube, but uh, anyways, I digress. So <laughs> <laughs> I like to know um, now that you're doing training for safe start, you, you probably have a couple of hosses walk into the classroom, but I bet you smile every time you see one. You know, you know, you do. And, and that's the, the great thing about being out there with the client, you know, in, in front of their employees and, and is, is just seeing the potential of what's sitting in that classroom, the, the hosses, if you will. And I, that's a great way to think about it. And it's it is a great joy, uh, a personal and professional. When you see that light come on for folks, uh, especially the folks that are the hosses. And I'm going to tell you, Tim, and you likely know this, that every organization has one or two or a handful of hosses who think they've seen everything. And, uh, and, and when you can connect with them in a way that brings the heart and the head together and helps them understand that, that, that safe start is really a practical and efficient methodology. Uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. And, uh, it's, it's a satisfaction almost beyond words. Uh, but yes, that's, when you leave out of a, a client session and you've had those moments and those interactions, uh, you, you can't beat it. Oh, it. You can't. Yeah. You can't. You can't. Um, I know it's something that you probably are proud of, especially you see the light bulbs clicking and the people making adjustments. And you, you know, sometimes you get a chance to return to a customer and you feel like you've made you made some really good advancements. I, I remember when Jane Barnes asked me to come back and celebrate you guys at a party and celebrate with you and yes, when i came yes. back it just it just it felt like a different world but i i can't imagine how many hosses you've come across that's yeah. anyway tremendous thought to, th- to end on um we've come up on our time jim i wish we had more time we might have yeah. to bring you back and talk about a little bit more oh my gosh, of yeah. the hoss we, we might be able to call a podcast the hoss podcast. <laughs> would love to would love to uh, 
do me a favor. Let everybody know how they can get a hold of you. Or at least let them know what your email is. Sure, absolutely. Um, it, again, my name is Jim Vernon. You can reach me at jim.v, and that's V as in victory, at safestart.com. And safestart, of course, is one word. It's jim.v at safestart.com. And I would certainly love to hear from anybody out there uh, who has a safe start question, irrespective of where they're at, at in the on the safe start journey. Come talk to me about your hoss. Well, uh, Jim, it's been great to have you. It's been a pleasure having you on our podcast. And I, I want to say thank you all for listening. And uh, Jim, if you want to say a final word, say goodbye to everybody. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, if you're out there and given safe start a consideration, Trust me, again, I'm from client to consultant and it, it's, it works. It really, really works. Thanks for that, Jim. As always, if you know someone or you, you, you know somebody out there that would be a really good fit for this podcast, feel free to share it. Um, let us know. You can reach me at Tim at SafeStart.com. And on behalf of the entire Safe Talk with Safe Start team, thanks for sharing some time with us. I'm Tim Page Potter. And until next time, we'll see you down the road. Bye.